This episode is sponsored by Voltoro. Keep on listening and you'll find out more about how you can buy allocated gold when the Bitcoin bull run reaches its peak. This way, you don't have to deal with infinitely inflationary fiat or banks that freeze your account. Also, note that trading involves risks and the information presented is not financial advice. This episode is also sponsored by Wasabi Wallet. Go to wasabiwallet.io, download Wasabi for your OS and significantly boost your network level and transaction privacy. Hello there and welcome to Season 8, Episode 2 of the Bitcoin Takeover Podcast. This season is all about hardware wallets and is a revision of Season 4, which was also about hardware wallets, except that this time there's a lot that has happened in the meantime. The devices have gotten more secure, there have been many more improvements in terms of both hardware and software. We understand the attacks a lot better and it's useful to talk to the people who are directly involved with these products and they improve them every day. And my guest today is the CTO of Ledger and his name is Charles Guillaume. And he is the founder of the Donjon, which is a research department for security, if I'm not mistaken. And he does a lot of useful work which benefits all of hardware wallet security all across the board and they scrutinize all sorts of devices play with chips find vulnerabilities so everyone benefits from their efforts so it's good to have you sir and i hope i did not say anything wrong there hi vlad no th- thank you very much for the introduction everything is uh, very correct and uh, i'm very happy to uh, to participate to your bitcoin takeover podcast I'm actually very happy to have you. It's good when you get to switch people and they provide maybe different answers for the same questions. (laughs) So it feels (laughs) less repetitive. So I'm going to ask you first about the journey of the Ledger Nano X, which was launched in 2019. It was announced earlier, but it took a while until it finally shipped. And it brought some really interesting features to the hardware wallet market. And Possibly the most remarkable is the fact that you can actually use a hardware wallet with an iPhone. And we all know how Apple works with their devices and they don't really allow you to connect third-party devices. And the fact that you found a workaround with the Bluetooth connection, that was remarkable. So how has it been so far with the Nano X? Oh yes, it's uh, almost two years uh, since we launched the Nano X. Uh, time is flying. Uh, but since then, uh, we progressed a lot in many areas. The journey has been totally incredible, I would say. Um, uh, for now, the Nano X is really a great success. And uh, on my side, I mostly use the Nano X over the S. I especially like it uh, since you can use it with your mobile phone. And uh, recently, uh, and especially with Ledger Live on your mobile, and uh, Ledger Live mobile is gorgeous. Uh, especially with the dark mode that we've just released. Okay, so what is this dark mode that you just released? Or is it dark mode? Yeah, the dark mode, the, the fact that you can have a dark interface in your Ledger Live, that it, it, it looks like a, a, tiny, um, a tiny feature, but the, the community was asking it uh, a lot and uh, it has just been released and I'm, I'm also an happy user for that. Right. And I know that I've also had this conversation with Ben Ma of Shift Crypto and Bitbox02. And he said that they believe that the future is mobile. So I I guess it's huge that you found a way to integrate the device with any mobile phone. Yeah, it's possible with with the BLE interface, Bluetooth Low Energy. And um, yeah, it allows us to connect your device uh, on on your mobile, whether it is an Android device or the, an iOS device. And definitely, the user experience is great. I don't know if you have the opportunity to use Ledger Live Mobile, but it's definitely a great UX. Actually, I've never used the mobile app. I've always used the desktop one, 
and I'm going to mention something about it later because I I noticed that you have full node integration, which is nice. But what what I was about to ask you concerns actually two matters. First of all, what makes Ledger devices unique as compared to the others? And I suppose this is the most common question that you get. What is the difference between the Nano S and the Nano X and what justifies the upgrade? Yeah, first of all, Ledger is the leader on this segment. So it positions Ledger as a reference uh, in the space. And it's great on many aspects. And at the same time, it's a lot of responsibility. We can see that the user's expectation with Ledger are very high. And to answer to your question, uh, what makes Ledger unique in the space? Uh, from my perspective, this is security. This is Ledger's DNA. A lot of engineers uh, at Ledger comes from the security ecosystem, and security is at the core of everything we are doing. Our products are designed with security as the main target. We use uh, secure elements, uh, which are certified circuit, and also our product obtains security certification. Because, as I said, we are doing security product, and we think there is more value when there is a third-party laboratory um, which tries to uh, evaluate the security of the product. And if everything goes well, you can obtain security certification. This is something which is really important for us. Uh, it, it allows to demonstrate that security is, is not only a word, there is something behind. And uh, to compare the Nano X over the Nano S, the, the, the X has uh, several advantages. First of all, it has a bigger screen. It allows to display much more information and gives you a better UX. For instance, when you want to verify your uh, address, your receiving address, uh, you don't have to scroll between one screen and another. You can uh, see it uh, directly on one screen. It's, it's a bit uh, more convenient. Uh, second, uh, it implements BLE, Bluetooth Low Energy. And this enables uh, mobile use. And uh, as we mentioned before, it's, uh, it's, very, it's a great UX. It's possible to pair it with your Ledger Live mobile on Android and iOS. And finally, um, the circuit capabilities. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit technical, but on the Nano X, the, the secure element is a, a new generation uh, secure element, and it has more uh, capacity, but also more RAM. And on the Nano S, the RAM capacity is definitely um, an issue uh, to to implement uh, more complex flows. I mean. Uh, the Nano S is great for what it does today, but for the future use, when you will need to interact with a complex smart contract or I don't know for for complex uh, for complex flows in the future, the, the Nano S uh, could start to 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 be uh, a bit limited. And for that, the Nano X has has definitely a, a lot of um, uh, space to improve and and give more complex flows and more complex possibilities. So this is a for me, these this, this are the main advantages uh, for on the X over the S, bigger screen, BLE, and circuit capabilities. Yeah, and right now I'm looking at the microcontroller unit that you're using. It's definitely faster. You have the Cortex-M0 on the Nano S and the Cortex-M4 on the Nano X. This one has more megahertz, is definitely faster when it processes more complex operations such as multi-sigs. Yeah, uh, to go a bit into the details, the architecture of the S and the X embeds two kinds of circuits. Uh, one is the microcontroller unit, the one you just mentioned. It's an STM32. And the other one, uh, which is the secure element. Uh, for the S, this is the ST31. And for the X, this is the ST33. And uh, on both cases, the architecture is, the, is quite the same. Uh, the MCU is more in charge of interfacing with the external world, implementing USB or Bluetooth. And the secure element is in charge of everything related to security. I mean, uh, signing transaction, derived, deriving key, uh, providing uh, the information which will be uh, displayed on the on the screen and so on, and every 
all this logic is implemented inside the secure element. And as I mentioned just before, uh, the secure element, which is in the NanoX, uh, is really uh, more powerful than the one in the S. Yeah, now it makes a lot of sense as you don't need a lot of power for the microcontroller unit, but it, it's still more powerful on the Nano X. And I suppose also yep. the secure element chip has a higher frequency of operating. Exactly. Okay, so maybe I should take the question that I received on Twitter, which comes from Mr. Kevin. Well, let me check his full name once again. Ke Kevin Ravensburg. And he wants to know how expensive is it to break the security of a physical device, a Nano S or Nano X, if an attacker doesn't have the pin, but does have physical access to the device? Yeah, the question of, of the physical access is a very important question for hardware wallet. And um, we use Secure Element, uh, especially for this reason. And Secure Element is the technology from Smart Card, uh, the technology that you can find in your passport or in your banking card. And this kind of circuit, in order to uh, go to market, they need to go through um, a security certification, which is called uh, Command Criteria Certification. And uh, to in order to obtain the certification, they, this kind of circuit must resist to an attacker with a physical access and with a high potential. That means in the threat model of this uh, security evaluation, uh, the circuit must resist to, to an attacker with a physical access and with a large amount of resource and time and equipment. And uh, for instance, you can imagine a lot of different kinds of attacks. Um, there are side channel attacks. The idea is to monitor the power consumption of the circuit when it, it operates. And if you are able to uh, find some correlation between uh, this power consumption and the data which is handled in the device, uh, you will be able to, um, to get information about the secret, for instance. This is something which is uh, quite possible on a regular microcontroller uh, unit, but this is something which is extremely difficult uh, on a secure element. Also, there are different kinds of attacks like fault attacks and uh, uh, for instance, the idea is to induce a fault in the circuit when it operates. Uh, if you take an, uh, as an example the pin verification function, um, imagine that uh, you are an attacker, you have a physical access to the device, you input, input a wrong pin to the device, and at the very timing where when the device will verify, compare the, the value of the pin you input you input with the value of the pin, which is in the flash, you are able to induce a fault on the circuit, and then it would skip this uh, pin verification and you, you would be logged in. For instance, this kind of, uh, of attacks is quite easy on a regular uh, microcontroller unit, but very difficult on a secure element. And um, as of now, uh, we did not succeed any this kind of attacks on the secure element. Uh, while uh, it's quite easy to implement uh, them on a microcontroller unit, and the dungeon demonst demonstrated that uh, several times. And for instance, in the framework of command criteria, uh, we can imagine that an attacker has something like six months plus one million dollar and so on. And in this um, framework, if the attacker is not able to uh, break the security of the circuit, the circuit can obtain the certification. Just to give you um, a rough idea of what it would cost uh, to, to break a security amount. Right, so it's quite expensive and it's time consuming to perform the attack. And I suppose yeah. by the time you figure out that your device has been stolen, you can back up your funds on another device and move the funds so that the attacker will find nothing. Exactly. Okay, so let's unpack a bit and get back to the Ledger Live application. And I've mentioned that I did use the desktop version of it. And in recent months, you have added support for a full Bitcoin node, which I think is very good. And it helps you further gain sovereignty while also benefiting from the physical security of the Ledger. And would you say that this is an important step? And also, 
What is next in terms of eliminating the need to rely on Ledger's backend? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, let me explain a bit why we have a backend. Well, let's say you have some Bitcoins and what you actually hold is a private key, which allows you to spend uh, these coins. But for instance, when you want to know your balance, you can't really ask the blockchain what's your balance. There is no such thing on, on blockchain. If you want to do that, if you want to know your balance, you would have to synchronize the whole blockchain and inspect every single block to check if there is a transaction which concerns your addresses. And at the end, you will do the sum and uh, you, will, you will subtract the, the funds you receive minus the funds you, you spent, and then uh, you would have your balance. It's not very convenient. Uh, that's why we have, we have a backend. Your nano device sends your uh, XPUB to Ledger Live, and Ledger Live derives your addresses from, uh, from this XPUB, and Ledger Live will request the list of transactions for each address to our backend. Then Ledger Live is able to display your balance and the list of the transaction for every single uh, of your addresses. From a privacy uh, point of view, the good thing is that the Ledger Live doesn't send your XPUB uh, to our backend, contrary to some other backends, uh, by the way. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it has to send your individual addresses, uh, which can raise uh, privacy concerns. And for those whom, uh, for whom uh, privacy is uh, really important, uh, we implemented uh, this full node support on Ledger Live. And basically, it gives you uh, the ability to run your own backend. This is, this is what it does, uh, simply. Uh, from a privacy point of view, you don't send anything to our backend, uh, but unfortunately, it's a bit less convenient. You have to run your full node, you have to run uh, Ledger stack, 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 stack and Ledger Live. Uh, from my perspective, I'm very happy with this feature, and uh, I noticed that the Bitcoin Twitter uh, community was also very happy uh, to see this feature. Nevertheless, when I have a look to the number of downloads uh, for uh, this bridge, um, I, I have to admit it remains a bit a niche. And uh, in terms of other features that we wrote uh, recently, we recently added the coin control inside Ledger Live. That means that you are able to select the UTXO you want to spend uh, individually. Um, for privacy reason, it's also a uh, very interesting feature. Voltoro, and that's V-A-U-L-T, like a gold volt, and O-R-O, -O, Oro, which is Spanish for gold, is a gold and Bitcoin exchange, which offers instant swaps between hard money to over 31,000 customers from more than 95 countries. Voltoro has offered Swiss privacy and security since 2015. Furthermore, the gold you purchase is your legal property, secured in your name, so even if something happens to Voltoro, even liquidators could not touch your gold. If you want to become the custodian of your own gold bars, you can request to have them delivered to you or simply trade them back to Bitcoin on the dip. Register for free in only 30 seconds and start trading only with hard money. Please keep in mind that all trading involves risks. This is not financial advice and you are responsible for your own decisions. When you are using Wasabi Wallet, your internet connection gets routed through the Tor network by default. This means that you get better privacy while using Bitcoin. Download it today at wasabiwallet.io. Yeah, usually when I explain coin control to somebody who doesn't get it, it's like a different pocket of your same wallet. So let's say that you have three pockets in your wallet and in one of them you're holding a $100 bill and in the other two you're holding $20 bills and $10 bills. So when you go to the grocery store and you want to pay, you don't want to show everyone else around you that you're holding $100 because that presents a greater risk of getting robbed as 
you're becoming a honeypot to all the others. So you just look for the pocket with less money and you pay an amount which is closer to the one that you have to pay. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to explain it. Um, the UTXO correspond to different addresses and there is no real way to, uh, to link the addresses between each other, except if you send your, your expert to, to a backend. And in, in, this, uh, in, in this perspective, it's not the case. Um, but yeah, you have no way to uh, distinguish the UTXO and to know that uh, UTXO are linked uh, each other. And then um, if you spend a given uh, UTXO and you, you the, the blockchain and, and no one uh, has a reason to know that this UTXO is linked to another. And, uh, and your, uh, your metaphor is quite uh, accurate for that. Thank you. I was about to ask if you're going to add a Tor routing for Ledger Live so that you also don't reveal your IP address to anyone and it's randomized and encrypted. Um, it's, it's, I, I, it depends what you, what you are looking for uh, for Tor. Uh, at the end, one thing you can do is, uh, is to put Tor in, uh, in front of uh, every single connection you, you, you do, you implement to the internet, and then you will be behind Tor. Um, but uh, if, if um, I heard different, different kind of requests, uh, and um, yeah, from my perspective, uh, implementing Tor uh, shouldn't be embedded into your uh, Ledger Live or into your, uh, your, your full node but most likely uh, in front of your, all your connection. Okay. So let's talk about the mobile app and the mobile integration, as this is huge and a lot of people don't even buy laptops anymore. They buy a fancy smartphone and they use it for all the features that a laptop may do. And I was about to ask you, are there any major differences in terms of functions and features when you switch from Ledger Live on your computer to Ledger Live on your phone? Um, there's, there's not so much difference in terms of, um, of feature. Uh, the main limitation uh, for uh, Ledger Live mobile compared to Ledger Live desktop uh, comes from the size of the screen. It's more difficult to put uh, all those features uh, that you have uh, on the desktop in the same screen uh, on the live mobile. But for, for the main feature, they are, they are, they are present in the Ledger Live mobile. Uh, we just mentioned before the, the full node capacity and uh, this, uh, very, uh, this very feature is not present on Ledger Live uh, mobile right now. I, I, I don't know if we will implement it. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite challenging uh, in terms of uh, of a technical uh, technical thing, uh, and uh, if it, it depends, if we if we get a lot of traction on, on the on the desktop uh, full node, uh, maybe we will consider it. But for now, it's uh, it's not the case. I think that HTC has nailed it in terms of making a full node work on your phone. But at the same time, they created a walled garden within their own app. So that's a bit inconvenient. Plus, they did not add any integration with other wallets because it was in their best interest to make you use their own wallet. So I suppose you could fork their code if there's enough demand for it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, didn't try their full node capacity with uh, its Exodus, I think, the, the name of, the, of their wallet. Uh, but um, how does it work? Is it... Um, uh, what about the battery, for instance? Because if you run a full node every day, all the time, uh, the battery is uh, is okay to is okay with that. Oh, it drains very fast. Yeah, so it's it's a major issue. If you launch your uh, your full node on your on your mobile phone and uh, and you have only one hour of battery, I I I'm not sure our user will be uh, will be happy with that. Yeah, so there's definitely a trade-off there. But I suppose it doesn't have to be on all the time. I guess you can sync it before sending a transaction. But then again, if you send a transaction every couple of weeks, it's going to take a long time to resync the blockchain yeah. after two weeks and it drains your battery. So yeah, there is definitely a workaround. But it's not the most convenient. It's a question of trade-off, yeah, definitely. 
Okay, so this is the fun part where I get to ask you about Ledger in comparison with other devices. And there are a lot of popular ones and there's a lot of innovation in this space and it's impressive to see how much one year can matter in terms of bringing more features. So I'll begin with the Trezor Model T. Can you say something that you like about it and something that you think that Ledger does better? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I, I will do a, a general comment about Trezor. Uh, something I like about Trezor in general is that they strongly believe in open source. And they always were very consistent in this. I hope I don't betray their thought, but I think when they designed the hardware wallet, open source was the main strong requirement. And don't, don't misunderstand me. I also love open source and I, I try to contribute uh, as soon as I can. Um, but uh, at Ledger, when we created our hardware wallets, the main requirement was security. And to build secure products, you need to start with secure hardware. This is my point and uh, this, is a, this is definitely a Ledger perspective. And unfortunately, designing firmware on secure hardware prevents prevents us from opening uh, some small parts of our code base. There has been a long debate on Twitter about that. But yeah, I think it's the main difference between Twizzle and Ledger. Twizzle uh, won't, won't ever do any compromise uh, for open source and Ledger won't, be any, uh, won't do uh, any compromise uh, for security. And about the Trezorty in particular, yeah, I mean, it's a cool product and uh, the screen is especially cool. And the main qualities of the Nano X over the, the Trezorty, uh, I'd say this is the compatibility with your mobile and, uh, of course, uh, security, what I just said before. Okay. So what about the Bitbox O2 by Shift Crypto? Is there anything that you like about it? And what do you think that the Ledger devices do better? Um, frankly, I don't know much about uh, Shift Crypto hardware wallet, uh, but what I like about Shift Crypto uh, in general is that they work a lot on innovation and research. Um, for instance, I have in mind um, their uh, recent research in uh, Bitcoin multisig, uh, especially by Ben Maria. And uh, apart from that, uh, from my understanding, the architecture, the hardware architecture of uh, the Bitbox 2 is rather good from a security point of view. Um, nevertheless, I think the feature set, the number of coins they support, they support is quite limited. And uh, I think on, on this, uh, Ledger is uh, far in advance. And uh, because Ledger Live supports um, something like uh, 30 uh, different blockchain, uh, thousands of tokens, and it, it enables lending, swap, buy, sell, and, and a lot of uh, different features. So uh, just general comment between, uh, between Bitbox and, um, and, and uh, Ledger. Okay, now let's get to the spicy stuff as the cold card <laughs> at its core is kind of the same. So it has the same security element chip as the Bitbox O2. It has a very similar microcontroller. I think the Bitbox O2 has a faster processor speed, but I'm not sure how much it matters. and how much of the operations are done on the microcontroller. But anyway, what do you think about the device? What do you think about the company's philosophy? And what does Ledger do better? Um, yeah, I, I think cold card is uh, mostly reflected by NVK and uh, NVK is NVK. This is why we appreciate him. <laughs> I wouldn't really compare cold card with, to Ledger because both companies and products are very different. Uh, cold card is definitely for power users uh, who want to understand all the details of how Bitcoin works and so on. And um, for those, cold card is great because it doesn't leave you the choice. You have to educate yourself a lot and understand a lot of things about Bitcoin internals. Um, if you if you don't get that, you, you can't even use it. Um, Ledger products are very different from that. Uh, we focus more on ease of use. And at the end, from my perspective, the ease of use helps for security. The easier it is for users, 
the more secure it is at the end. And furthermore, we support a lot of different currents and services. Um, yeah, to summarize, I think Cold Card is a great introduction to Bitcoin internals if you want to educate yourself. And Ledger is more suited for most users who want more options, service, and coins uh, while uh, staying secure. And about Cold Card way to deal with bounty and so on, I think they could improve a bit uh, on, on this. Okay, that's diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you you understood my point. Yeah. So let me ask you about other devices. You said you did not look into the Bitbox O2 specifically. I'm not sure if you had any time to look into them, but I will ask anyway. There is the Kobo Vault. There is the Foundation Devices Passport, the Blockstream Jade, even newer ones like SafePal and I don't know, there are lots of other hardware wallets. Do you see any merit in them? And at the same time, the same old question, what does the ledger do better? Yes, there are a lot of new hardware wallets in the space. And frankly, it's a good thing for the ecosystem. They bring fresh ideas and it forces us to always improve, to be innovative uh, in order to stay on top. And it's the same competition landscape. Also on security, uh, there has been a lot of research uh, in each company uh, trying to find vulnerabilities in the other and so on. Um, at the beginning, that was like, oh, yeah, they are finger pointing this company and so on. But at the end, it helped to, it helped to improve the security in the whole ecosystem. So it was the same insane competition. And going into specifics, uh, I'm not sure foundation device uh, have already started that production. Uh, I, while I followed closely the intense debate with cold card, if I understand correctly, they forked uh, cold card, so called, to build their own wallet. And NVK was pretty upset about that. Um, but this is the risk of open source. And I, if I were a cold card, I'd be flattered about that. Um, about uh, Jade for by Blockstream, uh, Samson Samson Mo from Blockstream uh, has been very kind and he sent me two devices and a couple of goodies a few weeks ago, and uh, I gave one device to the dungeon, but I think they did not open it yet. I think they will. And on my side, I kept the other one, and shame on me, I didn't really start to play with it. I just had a look to the box, and the box is very similar to the Nano box, so. That, that means they like our product. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't have uh, so much insight about, about them. And in the past, in the, the dungeon spent uh, some time analy analyzing a few harder wallets. You, you should have a look to, to the, the dungeon blog post. And, um, and they found pretty serious vulnerability on most of the wallet they, they studied. It's uh, now it's a long time ago, but uh, it's a long time they didn't study a new one, but still an interesting thing. And in all cases, I'm, I'm happy to see all these new initiatives and projects. And uh, for me, it's a big benefit for, for the space. Right. You mentioned the Don John, and I think this is the part where I should ask you, what is it? What does it do? And how can people read the research that gets produced by the Don John? Yeah, uh, the dungeon, uh, I'm very proud of it. Uh, this is the first thing I did when I joined Ledger. That was more than three years ago. And uh, yeah, I created this uh, this uh, security team. Uh, it's basically a mix between a red team and a blue team. And their main mission is to uh, improve the security of Ledger's product. And so what they do day to day is to try to break our product. It's as simple as that. Uh, they take our product and they, they are looking for vulnerabilities. And where, when they find something, uh, they are working with the engineering team in order to find solution, to find countermeasure uh, on them. Um, also, in the past, they did, uh, they did some research uh, about other hardware wallets. And uh, if, you, uh, if you go to their blog, which is dungeon.ledger.com, uh, you, you will find uh, a lot of different articles, research articles, uh, showing how they studied uh, uh, the, the, this wallet or this wallet. 
they have a lot of uh, different kind of expertise. Uh, they are experts in uh, hardware security. They do side chain attacks, as I mentioned before, hardware attacks, um, fault attacks with laser and so on. They, there was a there was a very interesting uh, article uh, a lot, where they show how they break the AT ECC with a laser, and uh, and they are able to extract the secret from 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 it. Um, they do also cryptography research and uh, and of course software software attacks. This is uh, this is the dungeon. <laughs> and you also mentioned something interesting, and your mention has made me look at the Trezor website under bounty section. And you are ranked number eight in finding vul- vulnerabilities in the Trezor. You have ten thousand points, and at number three there's Nicholas Baca who has twenty thousand points. And I see that you have found some issues with side channel analysis of pin comparison in October 2018. And what else did you do? I'm looking at yeah, the history of known issues. And I think the, the worst vulnerability we found on, on their product is not even in the, in the ranking. I'm a bit disappointed about that. Uh, the worst vulnerability was uh, a vulnerability on the circuit itself. Uh, basically, uh, if you if you take the device and you take the circuit in particular, uh, we have an attack which allows to extract the secret the, the seed the secret key uh, from the circuit within uh, within a few minutes, something like two minutes, and for uh, only one hundred dollars of materials. I, I think this is the the worst attack we found on the on their device, but uh, it's it's not on the ranking. It should be ranked first, I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's ranked. It looks more like a timeline. Okay, maybe. So they have like 22 issues that were found and they put them in chronological order. Anyway, this was useful to mention because in any other industry, this would be terrible. But if it's open source and there's always improvements and there's always issues that get found and fixed, this is like the spirit of the space. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So let's talk about some innovations that have emerged in the space. And some of them are PSBT, air gap devices, camera devices that scan QR codes, Shamir secret sharing, and all of that stuff. Do you believe that these are solutions to improve hardware wallets? And do you think that at some point we're going to replace USB cables? with something else? Yeah, it's not easy to say one is better than the other. There are different interfaces uh, with uh, advantages and disadvantages. Um, the main idea of a hardware wallet is to remove the key exposure uh, over the internet. So instead of having a software which is in charge of inter- interacting with users, blockchain, and keys, you split this in several pieces you put the key in a segregated environment and implement, it, uh, and implement cryptography in it. This is the point of hardware wallet. So the hardware wallet is only in charge of storing the keys and uh, implementing the cryptography. And you put the software, uh, you use software, generic software to, to do all the rest, interacting with users, blockchain, and so on. But at some point when you want to create and sign a transaction, you have to bring a raw transaction from your software into your hardware, then sign it, and then bring it back to from this hardware to uh, the blockchain. And the question is, how do you make this link? Uh, either uh, you you have a USB key, USB cable, or a Bluetooth uh, link, or a, a memory card, and so on. And at the end, this is just different uh, interface which have different um, uh, different properties. And then it's difficult to say this one is more secure than this one because at the end you will have to to pass stuff. You will have to. Uh, you, 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 there is this interface and this interface represent a, a security uh, um, um, uh, threat surface. I would say. Um, and at the end, there is also the, the question of UX. And uh, for instance, QR, QR code could, could be easy in terms of UX, but then how do you make sure that 
this is the, the right transaction you wanted to sign and so on. So th there was no better solution. There are some advantages for, 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 for some option and some disadvantages for, for others. Hey, psst. Hey. What's your plan for the next Bitcoin top? Unless you need the money to purchase something, you probably should not touch infinitely inflationary fiat. Check out Voltoro and figure out to which extent hard money like gold and silver can help you preserve your purchasing power. You will be able to get back into Bitcoin as soon as the price hits a new bottom and you will not be subjected to the arbitrary inflation-driven volatility of fiat or fiat-backed coins. Obviously, this is not financial advice and you should understand that all trading involves risks. Wasabi Wallet connects to your full Bitcoin node and if you're not running one, it downloads block filters anonymously via Tor. In either case, you're getting excellent privacy. Download the software today at wasabiwallet.io What are the security advancements that get you most excited in this space? Um, what I especially like in the space, and I will talk about more uh, blockchain space rather than only hardware wallet space, is um, the cryptography. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of cryptography. This is uh, this is what I studied uh, before, and uh, and. Uh, when I studied cryptography, uh, things were, were always very slow. Uh, we had, in order to um, to use a new protocol, we had to wait some something like ten years and so on. Everything was slow. The research was was slow and so on. And with blockchain ecosystem and crypto cryptocurrency ecosystem, everything is going very fast. And uh, and on one side, it's uh, very refreshing, and on the other side. It's a bit frightening because uh, you you put millions or billions of very new protocols. So uh, this is this is a bit frightening, and some some of the very in interesting uh, security advancement I, I could uh, I, I I could see is all the protocol based with uh, zero knowledge proof. I especially enjoyed them. And uh, on Bitcoin, especially, I'm quite happy to see that Schnorr uh, will be uh, will be used uh, in uh, in uh, not that long. And uh, Schnorr is uh, is definitely a better way to uh, to implement signature. When uh, Bitcoin started, uh, Schnorr patent uh, was just about uh, to expire, uh, but uh, Bitcoin started uh, Satoshi uh, chose to to use uh, ECDSA. But ECDSA is not very is not a good protocol. It, 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 this is the, the protocol we used in a very in all the space for for uh, for ECC. Uh, but at the end, ECDSA is not is not a natural uh, a natural protocol. Uh, we use it because it was uh, not patented and uh, already widely used. Uh, but at the end, Schnorr and BLS are definitely better um, signature schemes. So yeah, this is the security advancement uh, for which I am the most excited. So let me backtrack a bit. ECC is elliptic curve cryptography, right? Yep. And ECDSA is elliptic curve something digital signature. signature. Digital signature algorithm. This is the this is the signature scheme uh, which is used on most blockchain today. And Bitcoin uh, will move uh, slowly to a new signature scheme, which is called Schnorr. Um, also, e Ethereum is also using ECDSA with the, with the same curve, but uh, they will move also in uh, Ethereum 2 on another uh, signature scheme, which is called BLS. Uh, yeah, there are, there, are, there are a lot of uh, news uh, in this area, and uh, it's, uh, it's a very good thing. Yeah, this is useful for a lot of listeners who might get lost in the jargon and, and the usual abbreviations that we cordially use sometimes. So thank you for the clarification. Yeah, you, you started as a Bitcoin curious and you end up as a cryptography expert. <laughs> That's part of, you know, the rabbit hole. That's what they call it. Yeah, exactly.
So let's talk about critics of hardware wallets. There are people on Twitter like JW Wetterman who will tell you not to use a hardware wallet at all. No matter if it's a Trezor or a Ledger, he will say it's a bad idea. Get a laptop, wipe it, install Bitcoin Core, do multi-sig. And there are also people who tell you like there is Armand Department who tells you to use a Raspberry Pi Zero instead of a hardware wallet. So what do you think about these approaches and why should people still use hardware wallets? Yeah, I, I appreciate the, that some um, very poor, poor user uh, prefer uh, to use uh, their own laptop or to, to use their own setup. But I wouldn't recommend this for the main mainstream user because building security is hard. It's incredibly hard. We are doing that um, uh, like 100% uh, of the time. And it's very resource consuming um, to build our security solution. We spent something like four years with Android employees. It's difficult to do that. Um, if you think you can do better than us, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I wouldn't advise uh, um, general people, um, average users to, uh, to build their own solution. There are so many ways to do it wrong and to lose money at the end. So. For, for, for this very reason, uh, I, I won't ever um, advise a general user, average user, to build their own security solution. It's hard. How can you protect your privacy as a Ledger user? And I'm speaking from the moment when you order the device and when you connect it to the internet and when you keep on using it to make sure that, you know, you minimize the amount of data that exists about the coins that you're using and you're holding. Yeah, it's a difficult question, and especially with what happened to Ledger uh, last summer. Um, a, a few advices about that. So when possible, use a work address or a PO box for the delivery of goods. Uh, but this is not always uh, practical for sure. Um, also, when possible, use different emails, email addresses for different purposes. Uh, keep emails that you use for personal correspondence different uh, to those you use for online shopping uh, and so on. You can also check on uh, Have I Been Pound uh, if your, your email addresses have leaked somewhere. When you, when you use this service, it's quite um, surprising that most of your email that you use even once uh, have, have been leaked. The, Data leak are very um, uh, common and it's a big problem at the end. Um, also, do not use uh, text or SMS based uh, 2FA. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's generally a very bad idea. And for me, the most important message is to never ever share your 24 words. I won't say, say it enough, but um, I, I repeat it again and again never ever share your 24 words. There is only one way, one, one place where you can uh, input them. It's on your device, and that's it. Exactly, and you should try not to type them on your keyboard. That's also important. Yeah, that there is no reason to type it on your keyboard. The only way where you, where you can input it is on your device, on your nano device. That's the whole point, actually, to restore your backup on a device that's always secure and runs a minimal amount of code and is a lot less likely to be compromised as opposed to your computer. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people, you know, would get on Electrum or something, and when they see the recovery interface, they're going to type the words into the interface, and then they, they're surprised that they get hacked. Yeah. So always use, even if you don't think that you need a hardware wallet, you're going to need it when you recover the funds for the 12 or 24 words that you stored somewhere. It might be on paper, it might be on a sheet of metal, but when you recover it, use a hardware wallet to type it. Don't use your keyboard. That's the best advice I can give you. I, I agree with that, definitely. Because some people think that just because it's in cold storage and they keep it there, it will never be vulnerable, but they will have to get on the internet at some point. And when you get on the internet, you have to use an interface that's secure. 
And now I want to ask you about multi-sigs, as a lot of people present multi-sig as the silver bullet for security and the measure that basically makes everything more secure. What do you think about multi-sig? What do you think about Shamir secret sharing? Because I know that also is complementary and helps you have more secure backups. And what is Ledger doing in this regard? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, in general, there's no silver bullet for security. Security depends on many factors, and in particular, it depends on the threat model. Uh, cryptocurrency use is quite new, and threats are not that easy to understand for most users. We can see that uh, a, a large number of scams in the ecosystem are very simple. They, they ask some users to input their 24 words, and unfortunately, some of them do that. For these users, complexity is definitely the enemy of security. So this is a, this is a general uh, comment. Going into specifics, Shamir secret sharing is an elegant method to split a secret into n shares with two in interesting properties. The first one is the following. Any quorum of t, t which is the threshold, uh, any quorum of t shares are enough to reconstruct the secret, and any quorum of um, t shares less than t uh, less than t shares gives no information on the secret. So hence it's possible to split your seed into shares. Let's say you do a three out of three uh, sharing. On one side, that means that if someone gets access to one or two shares, he can't do anything. On the other hand, if you lose one of the shares, you can do anything neither. You lose everything also. You can also do different schemes like two out of three, uh, which gives uh, some redundancy, but you still have the problem of storing three shares securely and the burden of the recovery. So from my perspective, Shamir secret sharing is interesting, but again, it's a very advanced um, uh, feature. And for most users, it's uh, definitely not suitable. And for now, we, we don't support um, any way of Shamir secret sharing. And I, I don't think we, we will implement something in that way in, in the near future. For on-chain multisig, the problem is similar. Uh, on-chain multisigs allows to implement some governance uh, at the blockchain level. For instance, you can create a multisig wallet with uh, three cosigners and a kind of governance rule where only two signatures are necessary to spend the money. On one side, it removes a single point of failure where your bitcoins are controlled by only one key uh, stored in a hardware wallet, for instance. And on the other hand, uh, it adds a lot of complexity. The threat model it's, is much more complex and difficult to understand. For instance, when you generate a receiving address, uh, your wallet must get the public key from all the other cosigners in a trusted manner. Similarly, when you send coins, you also have to make sure that your co-signature concerns the right multi-sig wallet. All this verification have to be made by the users and are very error-prone. On that topic, uh, Benma for Shift Crypto did very interesting research uh, on this, and uh, he found several serious vulnerabilities on most implementation of uh, multi-sig for Bitcoin. Uh, on top of that, it's very difficult to hide this complexity to the users while staying secure. The UX is a major challenge here. Uh, as of now, the best UX is provided by Spectre Wallet. I definitely love their, uh, their project, uh, but it remains for power users. Uh, if, you are, if you are new to crypto, just it's not for you. On, later, on Ledger side, we currently don't support well uh, Bitcoin multisig on uh, nano devices. It's possible to send the transaction uh, since we have the full support of uh, HWI, um, but the current validation uh, is not uh, is not av uh, available yet. 
The good news is that we are currently working on implementing it on the device. So I'm very happy to announce that. I hope some of your um, people who are listening to us uh, will be happy to learn that. Um, and to summarize, multi-sig and Shamir secret sharing are very good option for power users who know precisely what they are doing. For them, and according to uh, their threat model, uh, it can be it can bring more uh, security. But in my opinion, uh, for most users, it's currently too complex, and complexity is the enemy of security. So I'm very happy to announce that we will support multisig correctly on nano device very soon. But it will only remain at the device level, and we won't bring bring it uh, to Ledger Live mostly because I think it's, at the end, less secure because it's too complex, too complex to understand. It feels exciting to get an announcement <laughs> during an interview, so <laughs> I hope that people will tune in and listen and get excited also that they will be able to sign multi-sig transactions from their devices from a native interface, I suppose, with a firmware update that you're bringing. Yeah. So... I was about to ask what's next for Ledger, but you did mention what's next for it. But besides the multi-sig integration, what else are you going to add in the next few months or possibly in the next year? Yeah, we are working on several innovation projects. Uh, we have a couple of new coins arriving in Ledger Live in the coming weeks. Uh, I for 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 the bitcoiners uh, it's uh, it's not a good news but for 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 some other users it's a good news and um, we are also working on a crypto card uh, it will give the ability to our users to spend their crypto everywhere uh, before lightning to become mainstream we don't know so uh, we will give the ability to users to spend their bitcoin directly with a, a credit card so it's uh, it's a big project ongoing and also, we have a, we have a lot of different uh, projects on, on Ledger Live to improve the swap capabilities, to to improve buy, to integrate more DeFi and so on. There are a lot of projects uh, in that. And also, uh, we are actively working on a very uh, new and very big innovative product. It will be announced by the end of the year, but for now, it's a secret project, so I'm just teasing here. Okay, that's good to hear. I'm not sure if I have any more questions. I was about to ask you if you think that users should also use a passphrase to secure their 24 words, but you mentioned that sometimes complexity is the enemy of good security. So I suppose you answered my question there. Yeah, about that, uh, just a general comment. Uh, on our customer support, we are receiving a lot of requests for from our users who said, okay, I, have, I had a passphrase, but I don't remember my passphrase. Could you help us? Could you help me? And unfortunately, we can't. Uh, this, is, uh, this is how passphrase works. So if you are comfortable with, uh, with this feature, use it. But again, it's an advanced feature, and then complexity is the enemy of security and so on. So again, it's a, it's a question of trade-off and threat model and, and so on. Okay, so Charles Guillemé, uh, I'm very happy that I got to interview you. I feel like you've given a lot of useful answers during this interview. If there's anything that you want to mention, like how we can follow you on Twitter and how we can look up what you're up to with the dungeon or something else. Yeah, sure. Uh, my handle on Twitter is not easy to, to say. It's uh, pebs, like P3B seven underscore um and uh, yeah alternatively you can just uh, search for charles gamer on twitter i i don't i don't uh, shit post a lot but sometimes I, I try to post interesting stuff yeah that's why i like you and i got you on the podcast <laughs> i don't <laughs> like shit posters anyway thank you very much and maybe that we can do this interview next year and let me know what else is new let's do that yes thank you very much for having me uh, vlad and have a good day you too bye bye
Bye. Voltoro has a 100% track record with fully audited and insured gold bullion that are secured in a top-tier tax-free Swiss vaulting facility. It also features the generous affiliate program OTC Trading, a physical delivery and pickup or trade back to Bitcoin in seconds. Register for free and check out the ways in which you can trade hard money and preserve your wealth. And if you want to help this show, sign up using the voltero.com slash Bitcoin Takeover link that you can also find in the description. Keep in mind that this is not financial advice, all trading involves risks and you are responsible for your own decisions. Wasabi Wallet's innovative coin joints will make your bitcoins more fungible. So if you accumulate more than 0.1 BTC, you can mix it with other users to remove all traces about their whereabouts. So it's like putting multiple fingerprints on your dollar bills and it becomes impossible to determine the last few owners of the money. Download Wasabi Wallet today and start coin joining.